usually come across people that are somehow interested in real estate, um, want to buy maybe more or their first piece of real estate. Uh, they are so concerned about the current price, how will it develop in future. Um, I don't really understand and share their concern because if you're buying just on the edge where it has to work out perfectly and then you make money, then you buy wrong, right? What, what do you say? It's so arrogant in my opinion that anyone thinks that he can buy at the perfect timing. Yeah, we agreed, we discussed this a hundred times before. No one can time the market to that level. Yes, we can generally time the market. And yes, we can in general understand one is an acceptable time to buy and one is a ridiculous time to buy. And regularly, a ridiculous time to buy is after a spree of greed, which regularly happens after a tremendous drop. That's the, that's the time where it's very high risk, and you may be nearing at that time the ultimate wrong time, which is the peak of the market. You may be, you may not. If you, if we talked about it before as well. In the U.S. stock market, they've been saying since two to three years now that it will crash. And it did around 280% drop at that time. So it didn't crash. And if anyone believed it and sat on the sides at that time, most probably he would be crying today because he lost 280% of probably growth. Yeah, in two, three years, which has not happened in 10 years before that. Yep. So in my opinion, you cannot time the market. You can know what is an acceptable time to buy. And in my opinion, a time that's acceptable to buy is specifically a time after a decent drop, which is 20, 30, 40, 50%, which has happened in our market, for example. It hasn't in others. So people currently are asking, um, there are several markets that, that have dropped by 5 to 10%, like the Lebanese market. Shall I buy there? In my opinion, you shouldn't. Today, you shouldn't. Because you may be doing the time which is the, the, the time exactly after the perfectly wrong time. It's just the stuff is slipping. There is, um, if somebody looked at stock charts or all kinds of charts that have something to do with investment, um, it usually looks like that. I'll try to make it the way around. Um, there's, a, there's a big rally. So the worst time to buy, of course, is now right here. Then usually after that big rally comes a small drop. And now that small drop, the first people are like, oh yeah, it dropped, it dropped. And now I have it's to a buy. Catch. Great, great, awesome. Now the price goes up, oh yeah, I was right, I was right. Then it drops really low. And then it and catches. That's so common. It, it, that's, a, that's a very common And amateur uh, stock brokers fall in that every day, yeah? The, the, the idea, in my opinion, of a growth and a drop is overrated in people's minds. A graph is important and a drop that is significant is hurtful. However, if you are buying property, specifically property, for the right reasons and you have the right intentions and you have the right plan, I do not believe it makes a giant difference. There's, there's something that, that people many times don't realize it with property. Um, if you buy a stock, you you bet on the value of that stock in future. On property, there is there's a whole another story after you bought that property, 
which is you have to rent it out. You, you, you have to get income from that property. Um, with stocks that, that happens with dividends and so on, um, you can somehow you know compare it, but rental income is just so different. A property, in my opinion, matches the best of stocks I'll give you have. There is a time when every company reaches its peak performance, thus its peak value, and then degrades with time. This has happened with all the Fortune 500 companies. If you look at 25 years ago, and or 50 years ago, and you run that 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 uh, scenario, you will see that most of them are out of the market now. They're not existent anymore. However, the few that they'll do, like GE, like others, because of maybe repercussions of an accumulation of management issues or many other issues that may have taken course, today they are struggling. So there is a peak and then it slips. In general, property may work that way. Now, yes, I do understand that today property in specific locations doesn't, like beside a beach, a beach or seafront like beside a historic site, uh, Rome or Champs-Élysées or something like that. Although I believe that there's major disruption coming and the major disruption is coming from places that people have not started thinking of as major disrupting elements. Yeah? Give an example. Now, I not want to give you too many examples because Just some of those I'm working on to hopefully be part <laughs> of and make money on. Um, however, I wouldn't be giving out a secret if I could tell you that today people are looking at prefabricated houses that are now at very high quality, that have a warranty of 50 to 90 years sometimes, as a source of drop of cost. But I disagree. There's two other benefits that will change the equation for properties in those. The two other benefits are Infrastructure needs, such houses can be built today approximately off-grid. Not totally off-grid, but approximately off-grid. And there's a second main thing. Property historically, if you look when, when we started discussing fundamentals of property and the future of property, and why does property mostly rise in value, we talked at that time about when you have a property, it is so extensive in a human human resource and manpower use. And manpower is one of the only commodities that have gone up in value across time. You've never seen manpower drop in value. Your hour used to be 7, then 9, then 10, then 12, then 40. It have never gone backwards in value because it relates to every inflatory thing in the world. And it doesn't to deflation regularly. So, whenever you can build a house and place it in a suburban uh, uh, area or a non-urbanized area in a mountain in seven days you'll have the house rather than in two years or 18 months that's a giant you can't imagine how big is that and that has a tremendous impact and unfortunately in my opinion people are not understanding the kind of impact that will have on values I'm not saying prices will drop prices will grow investors should start looking beyond that Beyond that, on values. Now, yes, today that can't replace um, the high-rise buildings in prime areas where land is scarce. 
but it can create a giant impact on property values and that regularly flows the flows and ripples mm. into every single kind of property. So, disruption is coming. Yep. There's no way it doesn't. Disruption is coming from places where people are not looking at today. Yeah? That's right. And whoever isn't is living in the past. And whoever is still so worried about the property value and property prices, will it drop by another 10%? Shall I wait for it? I would tell him the following. You will only know that it reached the bottom after it rises consistently, regularly for two quarters. And then we are back at that question. Can you actually afford not to be invested? Yep. So if you wait two, three years, you could have taken rent for two, three years, but now it's too late. You, you cannot wait to be what? Exactly. Uh, getting 1% interest or half percent interest. Doing what? So being in currency, who said currency is less risky than mm. any other asset? Totally right. Who totally said so? Right. Yep. Euros. You play euros in your mind, yeah? Both now. Both now. <laughs> but initially euros, euros yeah? yeah? Very good. Dirham euros means in a way or another you play dollar euros because yeah. Dirham is pegged to dollar. Yeah. When you came to Dubai, what was the value of Dirham to euro? When I came, it was 5.2. And now? 4.1. That's currency. Be in euro. Yeah. Now, you tell me, yeah, but if you be in dollar, who said so? Who said the coming 25 years will be similar to the past 25 years for the dollar? Who said that that federal promise will hold as much water for the coming 25 years? No one. So in my opinion, it's a delusion. Yep. Yeah? Yep. People really believe that it may for no simple reason or for no specific reason. And in my opinion, people should start looking beyond the month and the six month whenever they're talking property. Yes, that's, a, that's a very good point. With property, it's not a one-year or two-year investment. If, if, if somebody calculates that on one or two years, well, Be don't, don't, don't do property. Um, it's, it's, for me, the shortest time is 10 years. Um, and then I, try, then I, I see if I re-evaluate. Re um, but that should be the, the shortest time, um, longer if possible. There's, um, what's, the average, what's the average age of a building in Berlin today? Average, I, I don't know the average number, but there are buildings from the last uh, century. I mean, not 1900, 1800. Yeah. Yeah. 200 years, 300. Um, very common, you have houses that are 90 years old. I just bought two apartments. New apartments. New, new apartments, apartments. In a house that is 93 years old. And it was completely uh, redone, I believe, three times in the last 93 years. I buy that now, and it is pretty much a new apartment. It, it is a new apartment. Um, you have old stones. But the stones, they don't, they don't age. Um, everything is new. Water, electricity, everything is new. It's a new house. Um, so houses are just long-term investments. Um, interesting thing in Germany that happens, the church in Germany is one of the biggest holders of real estate in Germany, which is, which is super interesting. Um, and for them, 
that's centuries of planning. They, they don't plan on 10 years, 20 years. That's, that's, um, it's called Erbpacht. So you, as the owner of a house, you rent the plot from the church. And that plot is secured by the church for mostly at least 99 years, sometimes 200 years. That's the time frame they work with. Um, so that's pretty extreme, but it's a long-term business. And not only is it a long-term business, I don't believe anyone who is currently in anything but trading that commodity or asset, whatever the asset or commodity is, should be trying to time the market to that level. Yes, you should have an understanding of the market, but do not try to time the market at that level. It's similar to you as a non-race car driver. You're not a professional race car driver, and you're trying to drift and really get so near to a wall or to an obstacle or an object of three to five centimeters. You would most probably kill yourself. Yeah, I was watching something a few days ago about uh, there, there's a guy in Los Angeles who uh, drifts through a suit that is, gives him the ability to play like a hawk. And that guy comes so near 2.8 feet at a speed of around 200 kilometers per hour. Can you do it? No. <laughs> no, most probably not. I, I hope to see you trying. <laughs> so you can't. And you can't. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that you are near enough, but don't try to be that near. I believe 100 feet is decent enough. So 10% from the bottom of the market or the perfect time is decent enough. Yeah? Another question that I will pose here, which probably people will be asking themselves, whoever at least knows and follows the market, that it defies some of our argument till now that yes, but it can do, drop below replacement value. Yes, it can. So what? And yes, there has been occasions in the past where it dropped 20, 30% below replacement value. However, that's not all properties. That's not every property. There's specific property that's degraded, that is in a bad area, a bad location, a bad community, bad positioning and then that happens but it is not so common so whenever you're buying property and remember we're not idiots enough to think that we're selling property over a podcast or a video no. so what you hear now is not something that you would depend on to buy a property what you're hearing now is an honest opinion of how I do think and Andy does think whenever we're talking property whenever we talk investments, whenever we are investing, and actually whenever we do invest, we do invest with that mindset present. Yeah? One, one more thing. People think of buying property. Yeah, I want to buy one apartment, and that makes me a lot of money. But first of all, know that one apartment does not make you a lot of money. And Unless you invest zero dirhams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And this way, zero pennies invested, no, I, 63 I, years. I paid, what is it, uh, 90 dirham in, in DHL fees for the contracts to sign. And so you could have made it from the bank in a way or another, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, 
So I'll give you that a blink about what Andy does. Andy, 63 years mortgage, 115% loan to value. So he makes 15% his pocket when buying a property. Do not do like Andy. So do not, not try not to be. Start. Not at the start. You can't do like Andy, regardless, unless you're German and buying property in Frankfurt. So, <laughs> so when you're buying property, yes, it won't make you a millionaire overnight. Exactly. On top of that is, why why one property? Why just one? Do do you if you prepare a dish, uh, do you just have one piece of food that you eat? That doesn't make a complete dish. Um, you have a piece of, you know, protein, like meat, some vegetables, maybe some, some, you know, bread with it or whatever. Um, he doesn't know so the man sitting in front of him. You know that I only eat or enjoy one kind at a time, so I don't drink with food. Okay, well, that, that's then maybe a bad. Yeah, exactly. Example. You have the bad, bad companion here. <laughs> but generally, okay. Maybe normal people. He, this is what he's talking about. Generally, you combine some foods, right? So. Why would you buy one single piece of property? You, you should have multiple pieces. If that one piece of property is vacant, so you don't receive any uh, rental income, then 100% of your portfolio is vacant. How terrible. If you have 10 and one is vacant, 10%. Yes, it hurts, but not as much. Um, if you have one property in, let's say, one market, one area, and that rises in value, Great. If you have, whatever, let's say 10 properties once again, and one of these drops in value, another one most likely gained in value, or maybe the other five gained slightly and, and completely um, zeroed out the drop of that other one. So thinking about buying one piece of property for whatever, the rest of your life, is just, it's just a terrible idea. Don't do it. Um, and then on top of that, Food, once again, you don't order in a restaurant three steaks on a plate. You order a plate with a steak and some vegetable, maybe some bread, maybe something to drink. So property works the same way. You don't only buy one studio apartment and then say, oh, that worked out great. Let me buy 15 more studio apartments and then think that works now. Same building. In, in, in the same building, exactly. Look, it may work for a short run. Yeah. There is, and it may work greatly, it may work better. However, would you take the risk? No. Would you take the risk and approach your investments that way? Is it wise? Not really. Uh, again, we talked, you remember when we were talking about when HSBC wants to, or any other bank, wants to build a portfolio. They have a fund and they want to allocate that money into the market. Do they do an immediate entry? No, they don't get 100 million dirhams, wait for the perfect time and say, August 13, 9.38 in the morning, just go into the market, because that's the perfect time, not really. What they do is step entry. They enter over a period of time. Second, they leverage. Third, what they do, and they do well, is they choose diversified portfolios. And yes, there is funds that are funds related to residential, and other related to commercial and other related to mixed use properties. However, in general, diversification within a fund or a general pool of funds is needed because diversification allows you to benefit from different moves in the market at different times. 
and from how the market moves as a trend between different sectors of the market. That's within property. Now, nobody has told you to put all your money in property. Your money should be diversified. But one of the best assets to be in, one of the best assets to be in, if you're an employee or a trader so busy with his life, let your money be in something that can earn you passively money. And I don't see that stocks can do so. And I don't see that commodities can do so. Property can. And if the manager messed it up, you won't come back and see a, an asset with negative equity, similar to a company. If Mr. Musk messes it up today, Tesla may go to negative equity. I'm not sure if it is now or not. Anyway. However. Is it? Uh, however. <laughs> just one stop. <laughs> however, the, the approach to property is an approach that can be as simple as you can make it. Remember, buying a property, getting the 6%, sleeping over it, is not the target. The target is that you create a portfolio. Regardless how much money you do have, create a portfolio of meaningful assets that sit good together. Diversify if you can per country, per city, per sector, per segment. And that's how you build a proper portfolio that can support you for years to come and support itself. And then you're growing wealth. And as I say, all wealth either starts in property or ends in property. You can be Carlos Slim. He did it in telecommunication. But if he wants to invest a billion dollars today, where would he go? Property. Most probably property, because a tower in New York can be that or much more, or a tower in downtown Dubai. And then he buys that property and simpler to run, simpler to manage, and less risk. That's how you should invest, in my opinion. Totally right. To give an example there, um, let's say 2013, 2014, the peak of the Dubai market. Um, second peak. Second peak, sure. Peaks. Yeah, so one of those peaks. One of the big peaks. Um, let's say you entered in that time because you know you were greedy and you said, ah, oh, the market goes up, I buy now. And you would have bought, let's say in Germany, at the exact same time. Um, and it was 50-50. Yeah? Now then, the Dubai market crashed. Germany market did not had a He's a trying to study Germany, won't guys. No, no, don't not for that. Not just, just telling you. Any other that. country that went up in the last few years. Like Germany. Like Germany. So he's trying to study Germany again. Don't fall for that. <laughs> so imagine how how painful it is if you only bought in Dubai. Yes, now you, you lost a lot of value of your properties. You should not be in a in a really bad position now if you did it right. Um, but imagine how comfortable you are if you then had invested in another country that had a little bit of a rally at the same time. Now suddenly, you are very comfortable again. Not, not, not only that, cash flow um, is, is one of the big things with property. Invest in a stock, you have maybe some dividends payout, yes, maybe two, three, four, five percent. In real estate, my cash flow at the moment on my little portfolio that I have is 22%. And that's not even that great of a cash flow. Um, so it, it beats 
all stocks and all dividends funds and all of that. Um, but back to the to the you know two different markets, diversification super important within a market and different markets. However, if you don't understand a sector, do not go there. And whenever you're trying to invest in anything related to property, make sure that you understand the laws, your rights, so that you don't fall into, there's too many pitfalls in our business that you can fall in. If you're going to Berlin and you don't understand, and some people did that, yeah, they bought buildings when we started doing Berlin a few years ago, Germany in general a few years ago, um, we started first researching what are the laws, regulations, rules. Is it a is it a pro buyer or pro owner or is it a pro tenant? And we found it super pro tenant. And for you, if you if you buy a building and they convince you buy a building and then we'll vacate it for you and refurbish it for you, my friend, vacating it for you may cost 200 to a million euros maybe. And this have, have happened while we are doing it before. And then if you have accumulated or assumed that in your budget, within your budget, within your plan, then you're okay. If you haven't, you're in trouble. So buy for the right reasons. Seven to ten years is a decent amount of time to have enough visibility. Do not worry every day about what's happening with your property value. Consider your property a business. If you own a business, do you wake up every day and ask your accounting team to give you evaluation of your business that day to see your net worth? Not really. You don't. Consider your property similar. Yeah? Your business can go somewhere. Your property can most of the time. So a property is something you can insure. Please do insure. Again, property insurance, by the way, this is something that you should talk about extensively because specifically in our market, there is very low percentage of people who do insure their property, and that's a crisis. People should start by insuring their property so that the opportunity does not be overburdened with liabilities and becomes a disaster. If you are living your life having a property as an opportunity over there, but you don't use it right and you don't insure it right, it may be a giant liability. Imagine that your neighbor has Persian carpets, uh, designer uh, furniture, and, uh, and it happened, by the way, the exact thing happened previously with us, and a collection of discs. Do they call them discs? Which is not all music oh, yeah. discs, yeah? Vinyl. Vinyl, yeah. I don't know the value of those, but that guy did. And he was a gentleman who has tens of them in his apartment. And a leak happened while he was on vacation. And nobody noticed the leak because it's under the floor. And he came back and our apartment have damaged his apartment big time. And this can happen, guys. At the end of the day, it's a non-perfect, it's, it's not a car made in a factory. It's a property that is built mostly, although supervised, by laborers. Sometimes professionals, sometimes not. So... If there was no insurance at that time, that would have cost us around 600,000 dirhams. Because the damage was caused by us, yeah. by my property. So insure your property. Insure your property by for the right reason. Not the right time, for the right reason. Just try not to pick the perfect wrong time. Just that. Yeah. Okay? And buy with the right 
rather than cheap, think and understand that people will live in the property you're buying. Cheap is cheap for a reason. Anything cheap is cheap for a reason. If you go to a doctor and the doctor charges very little, unless he's doing um, philanthropy, most of the time, cheap for a reason. Yeah? So make sure that you go for the right kind of property at the right time. Ensure it well. Pricing of the property you buy is very important. Try not to buy a property that is overpriced. Many people do. Property is one of the very few assets classes that you can negotiate the value of. I'm sure you can negotiate a, a, the value of um, the value of fuel uh, contracts when you're buying them, or natural gas contracts, or no. uh, uh, your derivatives uh, contracts, or your um, on an Apple stock, Apple stock, or anything like that. You cannot negotiate it, but you can. An average Joe can negotiate a property and can get a good deal, and that deal can give him even protection in the market. And then it can drop below that, and so what? Will it ever rise again? Most probably it will. Yeah? Yep. Most probably it will. Definitely. To the point, uh, cheap property or expensive property. Um, I hear that many times in from Germans about the German market. Yeah, but it's so expensive now. Houses and, and properties in general are so expensive. Where? Everywhere. Where? Yeah, everywhere. How, how could it be so expensive everywhere whenever in Munich it's three times the price of something in Berlin? And that's the perfect example because what does it mean to be expensive? For me, expensive is I can, I can buy a studio apartment in Frankfurt for a quarter million euros. I can buy for the same quarter million euros a four-bedroom apartment with four or five times the size somewhere outside of Frankfurt. What's cheap? That doesn't matter because what I'm interested in is how much rent can I charge? And the relationship between buying price of the property and rental income, that is the important one. So a, let's say, 30 rental square... Rental income relevance, sorry. Rental income relevance to people's incomes. That as well? Because that gives you security of lease. I'll give you an example. In my country today, in Lebanon, not the country I live in and enjoy, in the country that I came from, Lebanon, Rentals are not sustainable because people at the current incomes cannot afford them and there's no probability that those incomes will jump or hike for any reason. So where I'm from will suffer and will suffer big time. And I've just started suffering. That doesn't mean don't buy there. That means if you're trying to get a rental income, do not buy there because even the legislation does not support you. Okay? Nothing against Lebanese property. It's just an example, yeah? Whenever you're coming to a market like Dubai, where it's more uh, vibrant, it's more liquid in general, and that doesn't apply to every property and doesn't apply to all times, by the way. However, when you buy a property here, you have more visibility onto the property's income. Whenever you buy a property in Germany, you have more stability on the kind of income you get because people's incomes do not swing up and down big time. And the population doesn't also swing well, up and down. It, it grows nicely. Um, in Germany, another point is um, my properties are usually rented out on a two-year contract. So in Dubai, a two-year contract happens almost never. It's maximum. Rarely, yeah. Um, so th there's, there's 
differences, but also there's differences in um, in rental yield. So in Germany, if you if you say in one of the big cities, if you are at three, three and a half, four percent, then you're doing well already. Um, there's some people that say if you have a percent of rental yield in Berlin, then your average, which is like mm, funny for me. Um, rental yield in Dubai, what do you what do you say? What what can you expect? Look, five to ten, depending on what are you buying and where and how much you buy it for. Five to ten, which is very lucrative. You can't see that in Europe. Yep. And and the, the question that I was asked this question around six years ago, and I've written about it. So you can go out and read it. Uh, but in brief, six years ago, a gentleman had a debate with me. And the, the debate was, would I buy in the UK at that time? Yes, in the UK. And he was getting around 2.5% return. Or would I buy in Dubai and I'm getting at that time 9%? Those are the two options he was looking to buy. And the debate took place, and in my opinion, would you buy a property that will earn you 9% a year for 10 years and then has the possibility of dropping by 50%? Maybe, although the market is changing in Dubai and the future of the market is not like the past of the market. Just keep that in mind. Uh, the, the, the market, the, the kind of time frame it takes now for a whole cycle to happen is way bigger than it used to be in the past because the market is nearing maturity. However, and we can talk about, about the prices, by the way, and we can understand that price drops in Dubai now are healthy and are good and are wanted. And I believe the government wants that because it's good for the city, because it will make the city so competitive. So today, if we take housing, schooling, and hospitalization, medical care, and we take those and we make them as competitive as any other surrounding place, we can beat any other surrounding place when anyone is coming to build a factory. If Mercedes-Benz wants to build a factory today, would they choose Dubai or Egypt or Lebanon or anywhere else? And it's simple. If Dubai is competitive on those three elements, there's no way they would choose anywhere else because there's a melting pot, pot of, of, of talent here. Uh, there is a government that supports initiatives and supports business and supports industry. There is um, no bureaucracy or not as much bureaucracy as anywhere else, more transparency. And there is much more healthy or a bigger and healthier atmosphere for businesses to run and grow and for industries to run and grow, then if we achieve on that, we're doing great. Isn't it? And so I believe that's part of the plan. So to go back to the initial subject, we always divert and uh, go into, into uh, sideways. However, to go back to the initial subject, whenever you are in a property market like Berlin today or like, like uh, Frankfurt today or wherever you are and you make 3% return, and you make that 3% over 10 years, cumulative, let's say that's 30%, 34, 36, 38, whatever it is, you take that money and you say that the market there can drop by a maximum of 20%. I'm just throwing numbers here, resembling a more secure, less risky market to a 
less secure, higher risk market. It doesn't have to be that way. Just give me an example. You take those and you compare them and then you match it and you will see that at best tier you'll be a plus 8% after 10 years. If it drops, if it crashes, because a crash there is 20 to 30%. A crash here, call it 50 to 60%. You are at worst at plus 30-ish percent. And that's something to consider. And that's something to take into consideration whenever you're buying property in different markets. Now, that doesn't mean Buy all your properties in Dubai, don't buy in Berlin. Do not buy in Frankfurt, do not buy in the UK, no. Each market has a different advantage. At the same time, you need to diversify geographically and you're, you're having more exposure to different legislation, different laws, rules, and market fundamentals. Because the market is not only about property, it's about everything else, it's about people living and that's why property is great because it has that kind of intrinsic value so people living is very important how they're living and what they're living and now let's talk about probably the importance and the 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 diversity and how does it expose you to currency exchange yeah which is a dear to your heart subject yeah like, I, good, I know. good point yeah um so I was I was in a position once where I said, okay, I want to buy property here in Dubai. Um, and I was able to actually finance the whole property called, from Dubai. He called me. Yeah, from, Ger way. from Germany. He called me, by the way. Yeah, he yeah. called Arnold McGregor International Realty. So I was sitting in front of Macron and I said, okay, I can, you know, take a loan in Germany, buy the property here. Um, loans in Germany are super cheap long uh, long terms and so on so I'm German so why not so he said no bad idea if you can take the loan take the loan but also take a loan here in Dubai so mortgage it here in Dubai because you want to be exposed to the risk of the country you are investing in and risk is, is goes both ways huh? risk goes down but risk goes up as well if you have a huge inflation here, so there's kind of opportunity at the same time. Definitely. If you have a big inflation here, and you only have um, money from Germany, the big inflation doesn't doesn't help you much here. In other words, the property is earning in dirhams. Yeah. If it's paying in euros, it doesn't mean that it's your advantage. Sometimes it's against you. Yeah. So if it's earning in dirhams, similar to if you are earning in dirhams and you took a personal loan, it's better that you take a personal loan in dirhams. In the currency, right? Correct. Unless you're in Lebanon, take a Lebanese beer. <laughs> Go ahead. Borrow a Lebanese beer. Um, because what, what people also forget is if you finance something, if you take a loan for whatever it is, don't take a loan for depreciating assets. Take a loan for appreciating assets. Um, if you have a big inflation, I'm happy about any inflation. Inflation in Dubai, inflation in, in Europe, in, in Germany. Great if they have three, four, five, six percent. I'm I'm happy because that would mean that my loan amount is from one year to the next less worth. So I have to pay less back to the bank, so to say. As as money is worth less, the buying power of money dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very important, and 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 that's something to keep in mind. And we answered that before. We've done a video about it, and I've written an article about several articles about it. Shall I take a 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 60 years mortgage? 
definitely take the longest because what you're doing is you're buying an asset which is by nature appreciating in value by nature paying for it by currency which is by nature depreciating in value and fixing the price today and paying for it partly in the future there's no better formula than that and you tell me yeah but the interest is too much so it eats my friends interest in most of occasions barely matches inflation it has a small margin over inflation just not to call banks stupid so it has a very small margin above inflation so most of what you're paying in interest is not a cost in a way or other in my view at least yep um, another good point something else that, that always comes to my mind people come and say okay I got whatever 50,000 uh, dirham I want to buy a car a used car great you can do that yeah buy the car cash um, 50,000 dirham gone these 50,000 dirham they are treated as if they were free as if it was free money I had that money on my account and I spent it and I got the car it's owned by Andy's bank <laughs> isn't it of course by the way he opened a bank not yet not legit bank yeah it's his money only in it I wouldn't trust him to put my But money in it that, 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 that's that's the point that's the point see your own bank account not as your own money if if you have these 50,000 dirham on your account yes charge yourself interest yes. or Remember at least pretend when, buying, when he was buying yeah the first thing we said is pay yourself rent Definitely. and he said why would I pay myself rent no. it's, I, I, it's my property it's free no it's not no. Exactly, it's not. Up in a bank called Andy's Bank. I have a bank called Makram's Bank. Actually, my wife is listening, so Lama's and Makram's Bank. No problem. <laughs> I have a bank there, and then you put that money in it, and that money is in the bank. By the way, Lama's Makram's Bank, however, she has another bank which is called Lama's Bank only. All her oh. money is in it alone. Yeah. Nobody so, else has access. Exactly. So, put that money in it. When you borrow, borrow from that bank so your down payment you borrowed from that bank yep. and you need to pay back to that bank with interest pay back your loan with interest don't treat ADCB or HSBC or Emirates MBD or any other bank in the world better than you treat your bank if you're paying their money back with interest pay your money back with interest isn't it totally right um, I don't know if you covered that enough I think we need a chart for that or something but that's for the next video Let's leave the subject for next time. Stay tuned. Next time we'll talk about how would you pay your bank back? Your bank, yeah? Your Whoever bank. you are, your bank. It's Andy's bank, it's Makram's bank, it's Muhammad's bank, Zena's bank, Laura's bank. Whoever you are, it's your bank. Enjoy your day. Make it a great day, yeah?